0: Hello, friends. Welcome back. Hello, Lou. Uh, It's good to be here. Moving on with chapter 18 here. We're digging into it deeply now. (laughs) Chapters, chapter 18, verse 3, 4, and 5. This time I've turned on my do not disturb, so we shouldn't be interrupted. So verse 3, moving quickly into it. Verse 3 says where Krishna is still talking to Arjuna about Tyaga and Sannyas as we did last time. Krishna says, some philosophers say that all action, all action should be relinquished as evil. You say, what? Do nothing because it's evil? That doesn't make sense. Others, other wise people say, actions of yajna, dana and tapas, we talked about this in one of our earlier episodes, should not be relinquished. Yajna means sacrifice. Sacrifice of one's ego, really. Don means charity, gift-giving, not just of money, but of your talents, your knowledge, your physical body, doing for others. Sacrifice, charity, gift-giving, and tapas. Tapas means channeling all of your senses, your physical, your organs, everything, channeling it so that you're conserving energy and using that energy towards getting to God, Other wise people say actions of yajna, dana, and tapas should not be relinquished. So some people say, wise people, give up all action because it's evil. Why is it evil? Because, and this is important, all action, everything you do results in something. It either results in another action or it results in a desire or a vasana or it results in an emotion. But these all are known as vrittis or, or um, impressions. These vrittis, when I see think of vritti, I think of something like being carved into stone. You cannot remove it. An impression is a milder way of seeing saying that, But these impressions are stored within us. Very, very important. These things leave an impression in your mind, every impression. These impressions, you can go back. I mean, a person can be in his 90s and you give him something to smell, and you've all experienced this, you smell something and you remember something back from childhood. 90 years ago, I smelled this. Oh, this reminds me of my mother's hand-washing soap. Or you taste something, say, oh, wow. Right away, that impression results in a, a memory coming back. So if the memory... Of something, an impression can be there in your brain for 90 years, 100 years, 120 years. Whoever is the oldest person still has those impressions. The Upanishads say that when that person dies, the mind and intellect, which leaves the body and goes on to the next body, carries with it these impressions. Fascinating. That when you're born, I have little grandchildren, there are twins and you say, one person doesn't like this. You eat it, nah, I cannot bring myself to eat it. And the twin loves it. Right. So each human being has impressions from previous lives about who they fear, what kind of a person they look at and say, he's not somebody I'm gonna like. Some people just look at somebody and say, I love this person. You don't even know him, but you like him because of impressions from previous lives. And, and I can just go on talking about that. So uh, I'm going to stop. Some wise people tell us that all actions, all karma, result in more vasanas, more desires. So some say give up all action, all karma. And others say that only give up those actions which cause negative emotions. Some actions, when you do something, as you're doing it, you it produces inside you jealousy i'm working so hard why is that person not working i'm working so hard to get this person that but she gets it without doing anything jealousy negative emotion anger lust these are all considered negative emotions every action leaves an impression in our mind as we said otherwise people he says can say you can give up everything except yagna Dhan and tapas. These yagna, dan and tapas, he says, are your duty. You have to do it. Why? You must do these three actions. Why? Because worship or sacrifice or yagna is necessary for you to move closer to God. Dana, sharing with the world, charity, is necessary for you to make your mind peaceful. And tapas is necessary for you to conserve your energy and your senses, and direct it to your ultimate goal of becoming one with Brahman. So, Krishna gives four of these. One, and this we're still on the topic of sannyasa and tapas. Number one, sannyasa, giving up selfish desire prompted activity. We talked about this in the last episode, so I won't go into this. But the key here is not giving up desire prompted activity, but giving up selfish desire prompted activity. Number two, tyaga, renunciation again, giving up attachment to the results of every action. You're not attached to the results, you're doing an action because it ought to be done. Number three, giving up all karmas or those that have defects in them. Defect meaning it produces negative consequences. And lastly, giving up all karmas except the three which are yajna, dana, and tapas. I think that's self-explanatory, right? I don't need to go over each one of those. Number four, verse number four. Now you hear from me, he's saying to Arjuna, Krishna says, now you hear from me clearly the difference on tyaga or relinquishment, and tyaga has been said to be threefold. So he's not talking about sannyasa here. He's only talking about tyaga. Tyaga is relinquishment, and he says there are three types of tyaga. satvik tyaga, rajasic tyaga, and tamasic tyaga. Now you're going to see this throughout chapter 18, where he talks about the threefold uh, qualities of everything. So he says here, detach from what you're attached to, and you will be happy. Detach from that which you're attached to, and you'll be happy. As long as you hold on to something, It's almost like an equation. You hold on to something for fear of losing it or for wanting to use it yourself. Therefore, you will have, will have, when you're holding on to something for fear of losing it, you will have fear, you will have anxiety, you will have worry. And he says, give it up. As long as you give it up, you feel freedom from anxiety, fear, worry, natural state of happiness comes through. The Upanishad gives an example of a bird flying through the air, carrying something in its beak, which is food. And it sees that there is a whole host of birds screeching and following it because they want some of that food. And they're dive bombing that bird, you know, and he's flying because he wants that food. He's, he's desperate for it. But at one point he says, you know, heck with this, I'm dropping it. He drops the food, And the birds that are following him immediately dive for the food and leave the bird alone. And he's free of anxiety, free of worry. He doesn't have the food, but he's free of it. That's an interesting example for you to look at because you remember we talked about Alexander the Great from Greece coming to India, and he was so confident that he would conquer India, but he couldn't. When he left Greece... He asked his uh, teacher, his guru, I forget if it was Socrates or uh, Plato, I don't remember who it was, but he asked, do you know, Lou? No, I just, Plato, I was wondering if it was Plato as well, yeah. He asked his teacher, what can I get for you? Can I get you gold? Can I get you diamonds? Can I get you X, Y, Z? And the teacher said, India is the land of the wise. There are wise sages, self-realized souls. Bring me back a self-realized soul. Long story, I won't go into it. I've talked about it a few times in previous episodes. But when Alexander sent his uh, commanders and uh, army to look for one, they had to go into the mountains. And they spoke, uh, they found these people known as gymnosophists. I always mess up on this word, gymnosophists. These are people that live up in the forests, woods, or mountains with no clothes, no possessions. They're completely naked <clears throat> and they own nothing. And as Alexander's people said to him, come with us. And they said, the wise people said, no, we're not coming anywhere. Oh, Alexander the uh, wants to see you. He says, well, then let him come here. I'm not coming with you. He said, we'll chop your head off if you don't come. He said, go ahead, I'll be happy. I'll get, uh, I'll, I'll be, you know, go to the next life. He said, that's not gonna work because we can't take a dead body back to uh, Greece. So he said, okay, we'll give you tons of money, gold. Mm -hmm. He says, I have no use for that, because if I were to take it, it'll be a possession, and I'll be detracted from my goal." Long story, these gymnosophists give up all their possessions because they feel that those are just obstructions to uh, getting free of fear, anxiety, worry, etc., I can't tell you as I can not tell myself, as you can see behind me, there's a lot of possessions that I have. I think the key is not to be attached to those possessions. The key is saying, okay, if I lose this, if I, you know, it's okay. i give you an exa- another example of when I was in school, it was in Delhi, and this was going back like 50, 60 years ago. I had moved there from another part of India. And I had never seen hawks before, hawks or eagles. They were multiple. And when we were let out at lunchtime from uh, the school for lunch, everybody took out their food to eat. And these hawks would come screaming down, many, many of them, and grab the food from the hand of the child that was lifting it to eat and fly off with it. Have you ever heard anything like this? Luke? Yeah, sure, yeah. Especially seagulls around here, happens a lot. Yeah. Well, I was petrified. I was a young child. And I saw that if you resisted it, the hawk would basically dig his talons into your little tiny hands because you were a child. And there would be scratch marks we would see on other kids bleeding. And the bird would ultimately get its food by scratching and taking this food away from the boy or girl and fly off into the air. And I would say, I am so petrified, I would, and the school wouldn't allow us to eat indoors. So you yeah. had to go outdoors. <laughs> so as soon as I saw a hawk uh, coming down, I would just let go of the food. And I would not, you know, I would be hungry, but I would let go of the food and not get attacked. Right. So basically what he's saying here is that try to do without attachments. He's not saying try to do without food, not to be attached to the food, not to be attached to wealth, not to be attached to power, not to be attached to possessions. Give all of that up. So verse number five. Yajna, dana, and tapas are actions that should not be relinquished. They should indeed be performed. These three purify the wise. Um, If I have to achieve something, if I have to achieve something, if I have to acquire something, I have to act. I have to do I can't achieve it, I'm not going to sit there meditate and say, God, please, I'm hungry, drop some food in my lap. I have to get up from my meditation and go to the local nearby houses, knock on their doors and beg for food, saying, I'm a sannyasi. I'm a tyagi, I'm somebody who does meditation, I'm hungry, please give me some food. That's the olden ways. So if I have to achieve something, if I have to acquire something, I have to do, I have to act, I have to perform actions. As a result of the actions, we get a certain result. That's a given. Therefore, actions cannot be avoided, not even for a second. From the moment you wake up, you have to act by opening your eyes. You have to swing your beds, feet out of, off the bed. You have to stand up. Result is not just physically that you stand up, but also your actions produce emotions. As we said before, emotions are generated. You do karma, any kind of karma or action, and you will have emotions. Those emotions can be joy, peace, happiness. Mind can be peaceful or agitated. Resentment, anger, lack of inner peace, these are vrittis, these are impressions that are carved into your mind. Negative impressions are called papa. Papa means sin. Positive impressions are called punya, or um, I forget the English word for punya, but it's like a blessing, something good. Negative impressions result in unhappiness, not just now, but for future lives. Positive impressions result in happiness. Impressions are carried forever, for hundreds and hundreds or thousands of lives. They keep in you. They they make you the next person that you're going to be. To get rid of this, you must do yajna, sacrifice of your ego. You must do dana and you must do tapas to keep your actions peaceful let's talk about some of these you must do your responsibilities what is your body your mind your intellect is like your equipment you must preserve it you must keep it clean you must keep just like you would clean your eyeglasses or your iphone the screen of your phone you must clean your body your mind your intellect these are your tools these are your equipment keep them clean Keep this equipment in very good condition by taking good care of it. We know how to take care of the body. Keep it clean. Shower regularly. Um, Make sure that your body's in good shape by exercising, etc. Same thing with your mind and your intellect. Keep it clean. Don't pollute it. And we've talked about this before. If you do your actions, this is very helpful, I found. If you do your actions... As a worship, you're doing it not for the result, not for the benefit of what you might think you might get out of it. You're doing it as a worship to the Lord, to Brahman. If you do that, then your actions don't cause you to be bound to the world, don't cause you to be bound to your vasanas. Then those actions just dissipate because you're not doing them for yourself. You're doing them for a cause. You see this when you're doing uh, social work when you're doing it for somebody else and you say, I'm not doing it for myself, without totally anonymous, you find that you don't have any leftover vasanas. Those which are performed with an attitude of worship do not cause you any binding. This gives you knowledge. When you do this, it gives you knowledge, it gives you talent, it gives you wealth, and you get a lot of benefits. Keep in mind that when you do something without selflessness without selfishness then and is being selfless you're doing it without your ego it gives you a lot it gives you benefits it gives you wealth it gives you talent it gives you knowledge this is known as yagna you're doing you're working for a corporation you're not saying I need to be recognized if you're not saying that <clears throat> you actually become recognized your boss your boss is Your corporation recognizes you that you're doing it for the benefit of the corporation, not for yourself. And you will find that you rise, you get promotions, you get salary increases, you jump over many people who are above you because you're really sincere in what you're doing. As a sacrifice of your ego, you're doing it for the corporation. And that's what Krishna says yajna is, that you're doing it for for the corporation, for the world, for the universe, for Brahman, not for yourself. Now we go to dan. Whatever you get, whatever you get, you must share with the world. That gives you more peace. If you keep it, if you hoard it, if you accumulate it, it doesn't. Everything in this world is in constant motion. Keeps revolving, keeps going back round and round. Stagnation results in decay. You see water when it stagnates, it's dirty, it collects moss, it collects dirt. Whereas If it's free-flowing, it's fresh. Same thing happens with your possessions and your wealth. If you don't share it, if you don't give it away, it becomes stagnated. Air, water, possessions, wealth. If you don't circulate it, if you don't give it, it becomes stagnant. Your knowledge, your talent, your wealth, your powers, your physical uh, ability, share it with the others. If it is more than you need, share it. Don't accumulate it don't hoard it. Um, Now we go to tapas. Tapas is single-pointedness of your vision to achieve the ultimate state of self-realization. That is what tapas is. Tapas was misunderstood to be just sitting there and meditating, but that's one form of tapas. We talked about tapas in earlier episodes where we talked about tapas being tapas of mind, of body, and of speech. So, you conserve your body, not just waste your energy by jumping up and down. And when I, I see some people, when they talk, they move every part of their body. They're walking, they're moving, they're shuffling, they're moving around in their chair, their hands are moving. There's a lot of wastage of physical energy. That's taking it to an extreme. But basically, what Krishna says is conserve your physical energy, conserve your body. Use it for only those purposes that you need to. Same thing with your speech. Your speech, if you remember, should be truthful, should be helpful to the person who's listening to you, should be giving some benefit and should not cause him any pain or uh, uh, ahimsa. It should be satyam, priyam, and hitam. That is vachik, tapas, tapas of the uh, voice box. Next, your mind has to be peaceful and happy, and calm, that is mansik tapas, tapas of the mind. Tapas is an important aspect that we often neglect. We think of just doing yajna is enough, but no, yajna to your corporation, as we said before, is a sacrifice of your ego while you're working. If you don't show up to work, people are going to say, where is that guy? Where is that person today? She didn't come to work today. That you will be missed because You didn't show up. But if you don't do your tapas, nobody's going to say, how come you didn't do tapas today? How come you didn't conserve your speech or your mind or keep your mind peaceful? How come you didn't conserve your body? Nobody's going to say that. That's up to you. It's your duty, even though the world doesn't recognize it. If you do tapas, you evolve. If you don't do tapas, you don't evolve. Simple as that. The threefold karma is our duty yajna, Dan and tapas. And we've talked about this, that each one of these three has sattvic component, rajasic component, and tamasic component. For all humans, regardless of your caste, your religion, your country, your culture, you must do this. They are purifiers of your mind. This tapas, yajna, and dana purifiers of your mind. It makes your mind peaceful, calm, and happy. The mind, once it becomes happy, you reach that point of the ability to meditate. The mind doesn't go into the past, it doesn't go into the future, and doesn't get agitated by the present either. People sometimes think, well, that means I've got to keep my mind in the present. But if you keep your mind in the present and you're thinking of certain things that get you agitated, that doesn't work. So yajna, dan, and tapas keeps your mind peaceful even in the present. A restless mind Tends to go into the past or the future and is constantly thinking, making noise. It's agitated, it's excited by the present. Whereas meditation, when you meditate, it neither allows you to go into the past or the future and is peaceful and happy and calm in the present, which then leads you ultimately to the state of self realization. And if you can't get there, friends, at least you've moved along that spectrum so that you're not. Fully self-realized, but you're not where you were before you started all this. And believe me, that is a huge benefit to you in the present life, but an even greater benefit in your next life. So we've done up to verse number five. We have 78 verses in chapter 18, 73 left to go. And I was just telling Lou that we should be done in the next three or four months with this. And then we'll move on to the next quote-unquote, chapter of these lectures. Looking forward to that, too. Yes, but we've got a long way to go in Chapter 18 before we get there. Yes. (laughs) Thanks, Lou. Thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next time.